There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. Alright, welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. It is Friday the 13th. <clears throat> dun, 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 dun. Jim, it's Friday the 13th, man. Are you, are you like staying inside today? Not driving, oh, not going anywhere, just yeah. going to kind of like hide in the corner? I took my lucky rabbit's foot, I got it in my pocket, I'm rubbing it, you know, doing all the good stuff to realize that uh, Friday the 13th was... <sighs> It was about executing all the Knights Templars on site worldwide, and that's really the th- that's the entire thing of it. Oops, <laughs> the things we do out of superstition and tradition. Josh, how did we get here, buddy? How did we get here? Uh, yeah. Did you happen to watch that video I sent you this morning with the the three families? Oh, I did not. What what, what is this one? Oh. Tell me, tell me. Oh, oh, this is about you know the Columbus, the you know the the whole families of uh, the gray, the the black, and the white pope. Uh, the mm-hmm. connections between the three families that run everything, that the Rothschilds changed their name, and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, hey, we're fine. You know, hey, uh, let me ask you a quick question. I'm, that's completely off the fam- family thing. Sure. What if the elimination of the IRS is really only them getting you ready to go to the blockchain where they're just going to take it from you anyway? Hmm. Well, you know, here's the thing is they're they're talking about getting rid of uh, rescinding the 16th Amendment. I mean, that would take, obviously, a ratification through all the states to rescind the 16th Amendment. Uh, but right. here's the thing is if – and this is this – is, okay, let's talk about this right. because I think that this is a conversation we probably should have once a month. But, mm-hmm. okay, everything that we're seeing from the Republicans right now seems to be very libertarian in organization. Right. Auditing the Federal Reserve – we're going to disband the IRS. We're going to make a uh, consumption tax nationally, get rid of the right. income tax. Okay. Now, yeah. there's a few things that we have to look at here. Number one, what is the legality or the constitutionality of the income tax? Should never happen to begin with. Well, well it was never ratified in 1913. So, how do we even get to where we are now? Well, it, actually, so. Be, whether it was ratified or not is right. is mute to me, okay? And the reason I say that <laughs> is because the record-keeping back in those days was shoddy uh-huh. and right. that we don't know for certain that all the states didn't ratify it or two-thirds majority of the states didn't ratify it. Um, from right. what I've seen is that there is evidence out there that two-thirds of the states have ratified it. But here's the problem okay. is what powers – Okay, are granted to Congress. Hmm. I can give you a minute to search this if you want to, but well, no, no, I know. I mean, what what are what are the powers that are given to them? Yeah. Um. Actually, I thought it was just for budgetary. I thought it was just for budgetary reasons, and that's about it. Really, that's what I understood it to be. But I'm sure I'm missing something here. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. so Congress has the ability to point, coin, print. And regulate money, right? Right. Coin, print, and regulate money. Okay? They had the ability to lay 
taxes. Right. So if you go to the U.S. Constitution and you go to Article 1, Section 2, it talks about the House of Representatives. Right? Right. Um, Representatives and direct taxes shall be apportioned among the several states, which may be included within this union according to their respective numbers, which shall be determined by adding the whole number of free persons, including those bound to service of the terms of years and excluding Indians not taxed, three-fifths of all other persons. The actual enumeration shall be made within three years of the meeting, blah, 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 blah. Right? Okay. Right. So this means that they can lay direct taxes, which shall be apportioned. Now, what's a direct tax? It doesn't give any clarification on what they mean by direct tax. Now, if you go back to the Founding Fathers and you go back to uh, letters between Thomas Jefferson and Alexander Hamilton, outside of the Federalist Paper, and you go, uh, Thomas Jefferson was in France for a long time, and he talked a lot about taxes out there because he was observing other systems of government to see how they actually operated. Right. And there's a there's an article out there, and it's kind of a funny article because it's written in like uh, like NPR or something like that. But it was mm-hmm. it's Thomas Jefferson was actually for taxation, for ta- uh, taxes right. on income tax, and, and it's comical because this is not what Thomas Jefferson's letters said at all. When you actually go to read the letters, so when we start looking into this, Thomas Jefferson said that taxes are a good thing when the federal government will need to impose them for various reasons. These reasons include war with another nation, the building and funding of roads, these types of things. And he said Mm -hmm. that once these things are funded, then the tax shall go away and shall not be brought back until another event brings itself to be so, so he was talking about perpetual war since then right so he was talking about not a continuation of tax he was talking about taxes basically utilized to kind of bring in revenue for the federal government at a time when they might need it now we live in a very dynamic world it's very hard for us to do that because the government is massive during this point right. in time okay But to understand that Thomas Jefferson was okay with income taxes, taxes on income. But the way that he looked on taxes on income is that if you have a farmer who is producing goods and services and that farmer is having a bad year where his production costs are more than his profitability, Mm -hmm. then he believed that that person should not be taxed on their income but should have a waiver. To whereas if you have another farmer – who had a ta- who who had a really good year that that person mm-hmm. should be the one who's taxed on their income but only for a small amount and he said that you know with the fluctuation of how the weather cycles are and the farming cycles are that eventually that one farmer who didn't have a profit will have a profit one time in the future and then he'll be taxed and the other one will not and it'll kind of even itself out it's kind of a very so very a profit tax profit well tax. yeah a profit tax right and right. it's interesting because he defined income Thomas Jefferson literally defined income as profits and gains from business transactions. Oh, so we are talking about purchase or what we've been, you know, we're, it's on you when you buy something, not just because you exist. Right. Right. So, so here's some quotes from Thomas Jefferson. So he goes, the simplest system of taxation yet adopted is that of levying on the land and the laborer. But if 
would be better to levy the same sums on the produce of that labor when collected in the barn of the farmer. Because then, if through the badness of the year he made little, he would pay little. It would be better yet to levy it only on the surplus of this produce above his own wants. It would be better to to levy it not in his hands, but in those of the purchaser, because through the farmer would in fact pay it as the purchaser must deduct it from the original price of his produce, yet the farmer would not be sensible that he paid it. What a comfort to the farmer to be allowed to supply his own wants before he should be liable to pay anything, and then to pay only out of his surplus. That was Thomas Jefferson, the James Madison, 1784. Um, This is paper 17, um, paragraph 558. Okay, then he says... The taxes with which we are familiar class themselves readily accordingly to the basis of which they rest, capital, income, consumption. These may be considered as commensurate, consumption being generally equal to income, and income the annual profit of capital. Hmm. A government may select either of these for the basis of the establishment of the system of taxation, and so it as to reach the faculties of every member of society and to draw from him the equal proportions of the public contributions. And if this be quickly obtained, it is the perfection of the function of taxation. But when, once a government has assumed its basis to select and tax special articles from either of those classes, it's double taxation. For example... If the system be established on the basis of income and his just proportion on that scale has been already drawn from every one to step into the field of consumption and tax special articles in that as broadcloth, homespun, wine, or whiskey, a coach or a wagon is doubly taxing the same article for that portion of the income with which these articles are purchased already having already paid its tax as income to pay another tax on the thing it purchased is paying twice for the same thing is an grievance on the citizens who use these articles mm-hmm. in exoneration of those who do not contrary to the most sacred of the duties of the government to do equal and impartial justice to the system and that's what it means by lie uh, d- direct taxes shall be apportioned so when they wrote right. this they knew exactly what they were saying, okay? Yeah. Now, interesting enough, the 16th Amendment comes around, and this is laying income taxes, okay? So the, okay. the Congress has the ability to lay income taxes, okay? So this is interesting. Income as defined by who? And this is why I say words matter, legalese matters. Income as defined was changed during this time to mean basically wages, And the IRS is the one that actually defines the term wages as income. It's not the Congress who did that. Secondly, okay, if we go back to 1923, there's a Supreme Court case. I don't have that reference notes materials in my phone. I I carry a lot of reference material, but that was those quotes were were some of them. But I don't have the Supreme Court. But it was 1923, I believe it was. And in the Supreme Court case. Congress came back, or sorry, 1889, uh, the Supreme Court of the United States actually defined income as profits and gains from business transactions. So that's one. That was uh, one of the railroad companies. In 1923, there was a case about income taxes because the 16th Amendment had been placed forth. And they were suing the federal government saying they don't have the right to lay taxes on income. The Supreme Court came back and said... There's nothing illegal about the 16th Amendment, and it creates no new laws. And they use this as a reference because of Article 1, Section 2, that Congress has the ability to direct taxes and that they shall be apportioned. Okay? Mm. So basically they said the 16th Amendment 
doesn't create any new laws because Congress already had that ability to lay taxes. So uh, when right. we come back, I'm going to explain this even deeper, and we're going to get into some fun stuff with this. We'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. Secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. Tired of supporting Big Pharma? At HoneyColony.com, we understand the importance of choosing products that reflect your beliefs. That's why we offer a wide range of natural and organic products that are good for you and good for the environment. From pure honey supplements, skincare, colloidal silver healers to immune defense, our products are all carefully selected to ensure the highest quality and purity. And when you shop with us, you can trust that we're a company that cares. We don't just stop at offering pure, naturally sourced products. We also prioritize sustainability. Our products are sourced from Responsible, environmentally conscious sources and provide chemical free options for you and your family. Visit us at redpills.tv forward slash honey and shop today. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900 or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. Mr. Godfather, I'm going to have to ask to examine your personal checks and records, I'm afraid. It's good that you're afraid. What do I say to the tax man when he comes to my door? And says, you have never paid taxes. Hey, I got an uncle lives in taxes. No, I'm talking about taxes, money. Two simple words in the English language. I forgot. If you are arrested for tax fraud, we will emphatically deny having anything to do with you so as not to prejudice your case. Oh, I'll send it. I'll send it arrest. All right, well. All right, well. I love, I love them. I love it. I love it. I love it. Good job, yeah, YSL. It's good stuff. All right. So where are we? We are, we are looking at the income tax. Now, in 1923, Congress came back and said, this, or the Supreme Court said, this, this doesn't create any new laws. So this means that they, Congress had that ability to create that law. Okay, great, great. So we're mm-hmm. not really contesting the 16th Amendment. 
the reason why they put the 16th Amendment in there, okay, mm-hmm. Congress already had that law. They already had that ability to do that in Article 1, Section 3. Jim, the reason why they made it an amendment, because it's harder to get rid of now. Oh. That you cannot get rid of it just through a vote of Congress. You have to go through so a it's repeal process. Well, no, you have right. to go through a repeal process of the states to rescind the amendment right. to get rid of the income tax. It was like it was like certifying it in stone is why they right. did that. Because if it was just the ability of Congress and Congress can say, hey, this year we're not going to we're not going to collect taxes. And, and that's right. it. it. It's done. But now that it's an amendment, it has to be repealed by all the states. OK, but what brought all this about? This is the 1913 Federal Reserve Act, right? Right. Yep. OK, the 19 Federal Reserve Act basically sets up a central bank for the United States of America. The way this works is Congress goes out there, proposes a budget. It goes to the Senate. It gets approved, goes to the White House. The president signs it in the power. It gets sent over to the Department of Treasury. The secretary of Treasury takes it over to the Federal Reserve. There's a board of governors over there, 12 men who are all parts of private banks. The, direct, uh, the head of the Treasury says... We want $1 trillion this year. The 12 banks scratched their head, scratched their chin, and say, well, we will give you this trillion dollars at 7% interest for 30 years. And the Secretary of Treasury goes, I want a better deal. And they say, no. And he goes, okay, well, we'll take that. So what happens at that point is the Treasury Department goes out there and creates bonds, Mm -hmm. the ventures, right? Right. And they put them on the market and they begin to sell them, which will pay certain amounts of interest. And this will be the kind of interest payments to the bankers. And the bankers go out there and they print up the money and they give it to the Secretary of Treasury. And he puts the money into circulation. Okay. Right. Now, in Article 1, Section 2 of the United States Constitution, it says that Congress has the ability to coin and print money, right? Right, yep. Where does it say that Congress has the ability? To borrow money. No, 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 not to borrow money. No. To give their authority, their constitutional powers to a third party. Oh, that's where the rub comes. This is the key to understand, is that nowhere in the United States Constitution... Does it give Congress, sorry, Article 2, Section 8, Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes, duties, imposts, and excises, and to pay the debts and provide the common defense and general welfare of the United States, but all duties, imposts, and exercises shall be uniform throughout the United States. So therefore, you cannot have unproportioned taxes, which we actually have right now because of the income tax. Mm -hmm. Then it says to borrow money on the credit of the United States. So they have the ability to borrow money on the credit of the United States. Okay. Then they have the ability to coin and print and regulate the value thereof of foreign coin and fix the standards and weights and measures. This is borrowing the money from the Federal Reserve is not the problem. Right. It is the regulation of the monetary system of the economy by the Federal Reserve that is the problem. If we lived in a free market economy where Congress went out there and they, they issued some bonds and they brought in some money from foreign investors, great. That's, that's fine. We right. can do that, right? But the fact but they've that – they defaulted to somebody else, right? That's right. But they've defaulted the authority to yeah. the Federal Reserve. And nowhere in Article 1, Section 8 
or Article 2, Section 8, does it says Congress has the ability to hire, to appoint, to, through law, bring about a third party to take because upon it is their, their job. duties. Because it is right. their job. Exactly. It's like the only, basically the only real job they have. So now think about everybody who's came out and contested the Federal Reserve. All right. the Supreme Court cases, right? What mm-hmm. do they try to say? Was, was it that, well, they say it wasn't ratified. There was, there's no authority. That's right. That, that, that's right. It wasn't ratified. And the Supreme Court always shuts it down, shuts it down, shuts it down. Yes, it was. It was ratified. It was ratified. It was ratified. Because here's the thing is you cannot prove otherwise. And right. if you went back to the states and got a, a majority vote, guess what they'd do? They would ratify it because they do the same thing in the states. So for, for 100 years, people who have been going about arguing about the Federal Reserve have been going about it the wrong way. You, you just so they, have to simply look the at authority constitutional of, It's the authority of the, the default uh, – the Congress defaulting their power to somebody else. There it is. So that, Congress so that is actually – isn't that, isn't that actually breaking the law then? It's unconstitutional. They're, they're, well, they've they don't have the, the right law. to do it. Yeah, so right. it'd be so, breaking the what, law because it's unconstitutional. Right. So what? There, there should be a penalty for every time that they have continued this on, perpetuating it since, what, 1913, right? Well, here's the interesting thing. This is where it kind of gets interesting. So firstly, Congress has been unconstitutional since that point in time with um, 12 USC. 12 USC is the Federal Reserve Act, okay? Right. So in the United States Code, Chapter 12 is the Federal Reserve Code. This is 100% completely unconstitutional. The reason it's unconstitutional is because Congress does not have the ability to levy its authority to other powers. It doesn't, there's nowhere in the Constitution that says, and the House of Representatives and Congress shall have the ability to appoint a third party to take on their authority. It doesn't say it anywhere in there. And so this right. is the best argument that I've ever found, and it's my argument because I've never seen this anywhere else. I've gotten this just through studying this and studying something known as lawful money. Okay. Right. 1913 comes around. 20 years later, the Federal Reserve Charter ends. Did you know this? Mm-hmm. The, Federal, the Federal Reserve Charter is only, is, has to be renewed every 20 years? Right. Right. Okay. I, and I knew that, but they, that they, they just they've, they walked past it. So that's, I mean, that's the legitimacy of that agency, right? Right, right. So let me ask you this. What was the start of the Great Depression? Uh, it was about 20 years right after 20, 33, right in there. Well, 29, yeah, 29, right? 29 to 30, right. 10 years, one decade. So 1913 is the start mm-hmm. of the banking charter. It ends in 1933, Okay. Now, right. guess what? There was a lot of talk in Congress in the 20s that we don't need this Federal Reserve. This is just corrupt bankers. We need to get rid of them. Right. And so Congress was going to remove the authority of the Federal Reserve because they had the ability not to renew the charter. Well, all of a sudden, J.P. Morgan, all these guys, they, do a, they cause a run on the banks, bet against the market, cause a run on the banks, and you get the stock market crash of 1929, which ushers the United States of America into the Great Depression. Okay. (laughs) Three years later, 1933, the United States of America was in an absolute bankruptcy and financial crises because the banks were basically, hey, look, we're constricting, we're tightening, we're not lending. So uh, the Federal Reserve basically wasn't giving out any money or any loans to the federal government. The federal government basically went bankrupt. So this brought about the Emergency Banking Act of 1933. 
right? right. Which just happens to be the 20-year charter renewing of the Federal Reserve. And guess what they did? They renewed the Federal Reserve system, but they had to make certain changes. <clears throat> the certain changes came about in the sense that they had to confiscate all the gold from American citizens and bring it in to Fort Knox and the, the New York Fed and hold it under uh, uh, BNY, uh, the Bank of uh, New York Mellon, right? Right. And so that was one of the requirements. Then the other requirement is to change the definition of lawful money. And we'll talk about lawful money when we come back here in just a minute with more Dark Delight Show. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, back to the Dark Delight show. Hey, guys. <clears throat> we're talking Federal Reserve, aren't we? This we is got piled deep in this one, didn't we? We did. Well, we did. I, well, it's, well, it's an education that's necessary, though. I mean, how many of us, you know, just skim past this in our daily lives or never even question it? They just do as they're told. Right. Well, and this is the thing is I think that we could have a Republican Congress that could actually move away from this system because this system is the reason that all the corruption is allowed to happen. This is the reason why inflation is occurring right now, that that debt is skyrocketing. And so right. this is what happened. This is what the bankers did to the American government in 1933. They bankrupted them, collected all the gold basically took all the gold from the Americans as payment for all the loans for the first 20 years, okay? Right. And then said, hey, look, you know, um, you guys need a different, uh, a different level of, uh, of debt to, to pay your bills here. And so this is where birth certificates and all this came about, social right. security numbers, and the American people became the chattel um, for yep. the leverage of borrowing money at that point. And, I mean, we can get into the 1933 Banking Act, and really what it did is it separated fiat currency. Basically, it took fiat currency and added it into the domain of, of what would be considered lawful money because there was no, no definition prior to that. Prior to 1913, lawful money was known as co uh, gold and silver. Um, it was, uh, I think it's uh, 477 grains of fine silver um, that's right. equivalent to the Spanish dollar as um, – defined in the 1789 coinage act right this this right. is where lawful money actually derives from and so mm -hmm. up to that point there was no lawful money there was federal reserve notes which were redeemable in gold and silver but this is where they wanted to get away from that whole process now we also have a few other things that come about during this time um but primarily is the House Joint Resolution, I think it's 127 or 129 during 1933, came about and redefined fiat currency. Basically, anything that the government or the Federal Reserve issues as currency is currency, period. That, that's what they said. Well, here's the problem, Jim. Go back to the United States Constitution. Right there, we right. just saw in 1933 under the House Joint Resolution that Congress just said, this is what money is. They declared, defined money. Go back to the Constitution. 
They have the ability to coin money, regulate the value thereof, and foreign coin and fix the standards, weights, and measures. They don't have the ability to define what money is. Mm-hmm. So the House Joint Resolution in, in 1933 was unconstitutional. So the fiat currency, the Federal Reserve notes that came out from this, which were no longer redeemable in gold, was an unconstitutional act of Congress because Congress doesn't have the ability to define what money is. Money was defined in the original Constitution. You can see this in Article 2, Section 10. And it says right here that um, make anything but gold and silver coin a tender in payments of debts, period. And that brought about the 1789 Coinage Act. Where it defines gold and silver and the weights and measures of them, of how they are lawful money. So right. two points of unconstitutionality, 1913, 1933, to where they set up the Federal Reserve and basically gave away their power and authority through the Constitution, which they didn't have the ability to do. 1933, where they came out and redefined money as basically fiat currency. We also isn't had the this, Bretton Woods agreements and all that stuff that came about, but that's a different Isn't story. this basically – I've said this before. We should never stop. We should never start the argument at the end of the last argument. We should always go back to the Constitution. So right. if we would have went back to the Constitution when we were looking for a quote-unquote currency whatever in 1913, we should have went to the Constitution and then sprung from there, creating a always a you know Freedom Act instead of an Incarceration Act. But yet 1913, they just picked up the ball where they felt it was at and said, oh, well, hey, let's go from here. And they never referred to the Constitution. And then you just proved the point again that in 20 years later, they picked the ball up where it was at and then made a law going on from there, not going back to the Constitution to define their acts going forward. This is, this is a real problem with we're not using the Constitution as a reference point to start all arguments. There you go, 100%. And so right now we're seeing Congress kind of say, hey, look, maybe we should, uh, we should take our power over the Federal Reserve because it's their power. The Federal Reserve doesn't have any power unless that guaranteed to them through Congress. Well, this is perceived. Right. Obviously, we know it's unconstitutional. But we have the return to the gold standard bill coming up. We have the audit the Federal Reserve. We have the repeal of the 16th Amendment, if you want to look at it like that, or just uh, mm-hmm. getting rid of the, the income tax. And then we have the consumption tax. So if we think about how this goes, number one, they come out, they, they audit the Federal Reserve. They find out there's massive criminality, corruption, that the gold that the United States of America had is all gone, um, pillaged. It's, they, they've taken it all. The, right. the Congress moves to remove the Federal Reserve's charter. They basically rescind um, 12 USC. Federal Reserve's gone at that point. You would see warfare before this ever happened, right? Um, right? But with that, basically, Congress brings back the ability to coin and print money. They move back towards a new regulatory system of finance. So instead of CBDCs, which is being rolled out by the central bank, you're going to have a U.S. government coin or U.S. government central bank digital currencies that would be arranged and backed up by gold and silver as lawful so money we've had- terms. We've had rumors that the Federal Reserve is, is, is BS anyway, right? And everybody's starting to have this feeling that we don't want to play ball with them anymore. What if in reality they're not telling us that the Federal Reserve has either, one, said no more money, or the Federal Reserve itself is fully b- bankrupt, which we can see that some liquidity issues with that. And what they're doing is saying, well, listen, guys, you guys borrowed the last $2 trillion they had uh, last year. We're going to have to go ahead and just walk away from this old system, the IRS, the Fed Reserve, and we're going to have to go back to this to a true currency following the Constitution. Because remember, Trump said, you know, 
you know, words have meanings or laws. You know, we're, we're a letter of the law country. You know, laws, 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 right? Country of laws. So what if reality, we're following his model of conversation, moving back to the Constitution, walking away from this fictitious debt and fictitious slave system we had because they're all they're all bankrupt. So if we walk away from them, then it's almost like what happened on Friday the 13th where the you know the the pope at the time killed all the Knights Templars to walk away from debt. What if we're walking away from this Federal Reserve debt and when this does create a you know an effect that a lot of people who are looking forward to the reset of currency is also the reset of our debt because the Federal Reserve is a fictitious uh, model mm. of money and we walk away bye like who are you going to come after? You going to come after us? We got the guns. The, Does the that make world, sense? The world is two hundred and thirty-two trillion dollars in debt. To, to who? who? <laughs> <laughs> to, so if hey hey bro, I'm I don't know who you are, so I'm going to walk away. About, I mean I know it sounds kind of childish, but it's like yeah bro, I'm good, I'm out. You know it's like you know just wash my hands of you. I mean seriously, if the Pope and the and the crowns of the time were able to do it. On Friday the thirteenth, why couldn't we do it as a society and say, you know what, um, your Federal Reserve note, your little IOU post-it note you are giving us to cat, you know, walk around with, bye, and we we just we just walked away. No different than this heavy labyrinth of a government that we have that's just tearing us down. Again, we walk away and say, sorry, we believe in the Constitution. You guys are all unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. I mean, this that isn't that how you take power away from somebody like a bully situation? You know, you just like. Sorry, bro. Talk to the hand. You know, I mean, seriously, that, that's how I think that's, that's I think it's far easier than that. I mean, it's just or it is that easy, I should say. We we have the power. We're it. I think I actually figured it up. There's only about 100,000 what we consider to be elites in the entire world. That's, you know, congressmen, pro, uh, presidents, kings and all the whatever they think they are. There's only about 100,000 of us. And there's Let's say there's still, let's say there's still eight billion of us here that haven't died already. Um, I think it's pretty easy to walk away. Well, I wish it was that easy though, right? Is the problem right. is the whole legal system, the whole business system, everything that has been organized within our world is derived through the system set up by these banking families, by these dynasties, and and trust mm-hmm. me, it goes way further that back than that. I mean, we can go all the way to ancient Samaria, Babylon, so on right. and so forth to talk oh, about yeah. this. You were talking about that video and, and, and the video was talking about the Orsinis. It was talking uh-huh. about the Furnessis. It, it's talking about the, uh, the Collins family. And, and so th- there's yeah. Nimrod, Nimrod, <laughs> obviously the bloodline yeah. of Nimrod is who we're talking about, but the Orsinis, yeah. these are the same people as the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds. Um, the, the, the Farnesis, these are the colonial the, or colon, well, we, colognes. Well, yeah. The Cologne, yeah, the Colognes, the Columbia, Colognes, Collins. Yeah. Um, these are the ones who really own America. But when you talk about the Farnesi, these are the, uh, Kazari mafia. Bingo. Right. So this is the Ukraine. old Phoenician tribes that came out of Israel that infiltrated themselves into Rome, took over the the Vatican and the religions of the Va- of the Roman Empire, and then eventually took over the Caesarship kingships and basically instituted a lot of the various governments that we have today. Yep, and that's that hidden hand. We always feel like we that you know that shadow government feel, where we just feel like there's something not right, like something's watching you. It's right there. Yep. Oh, the world we live in, man. Hey, um. <laughs> 
<laughs> By the way, uh, you know, are we going to go by uh, Joey Behart and uh, Whoopi Goldberg uh, doubled down on uh, Joe Biden's innocence that now they feel these are plants? And, you know, sometimes when you move, things get moved around <laughs> and you just lose track of boxes. So <laughs> did you hear this? Like, like they're, they're, they're thinking that Donald Trump snuck into the garage and put that stuff in there to lessen his. Cr- right, this, we're going to talk about that when we get back. This is a fun show. Right. We'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show. Hey guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. Secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900, or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, Jim. So, yes. The View. Yes. These, these they're people. on fire. Oh, God, they're on fire. <laughs> oh, you know, I know. Joy. Oh, we did lose you. Are you guys there? Oh, Josh, we lost you. You back? Oh, all right. So, I'm anyway. Back. Uh, back. Oh, there he is. He's just messing with me. Golly. It's a Friday. Um, they're on fire like Joy Behart's hair. It's amazing to watch. Or at well, least her it, head's on fire is. when she it, talks it, about Trump. Now, now, what's what I find interesting is that they've known about this since November 2nd. Before yep. the election. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, the rumor of what we're seeing is there is 
an investigation going on right now into Hunter Biden, okay? Right. So this is uh, U.S. Attorney David Weiss has has been investigating. He's a Republican. He's investigating Hunter Biden on tax fraud, okay? Now, this means that he was going through all of Hunter Biden's points of evidence at all of Hunter Biden's old locations. So apparently he's the one who's found these documents, and this is why it's a problem. He found them back in November, but the DOJ decided to keep it under wraps until after the election, which, by the way, is a political move. That means obviously. that uh, that's a uh, campaign contribution violation. Well, that's yeah, that's it's basically it's interference. Yeah, it's, it's election yeah. interference. But here's the thing is they just came out and this was attorney general. Merrick Garland and appoints Robert Hur as special counsel to investigate Joe Biden's handling. Now, if we look at Robert Hur, we're going to say, "Oh, this guy's a good guy. He's a Republican Trump appointee, right? Mm-hmm. He worked right. for King and Spalding, which was the same law firm that represented Donald Trump in Georgia and North Carolina when he was uh, contesting the election." But Robert Hur, if you go back in time, wrote a letter to then a. Um, Special counsel, or then uh, Rod Rosenstein, right? The uh, right. the top lawyer there, the DOJ, and right. was saying that we cannot release the Nunes memo. Do not release the Nunes memo. It's going to have massive backlash. All this stuff. So this guy is right. against transparency. He's against all the things that uh, you know Nunes and Cash Patel and Donald Trump were trying to unveil. And so he's nothing more than a swamp creature. He, he is nothing more than just a gadget of the deep state. And so right. Robert Hur is not going to find anything. Nothing big's going to happen with him. He's going to say, oh, well, Joe Biden just – he didn't know. He made a mistake. And these are old documents, and they don't, really don't matter. And their classification well, – this is what's going to happen with this. So, you know, Cash Patel was uh, talking last night, and he said that the first person that should be subpoenaed by Congress, by Jim Jordan's new church committee – Mm-hmm. is Robert Hur. Oh. And it has nothing to do with the investigation into Joe Biden, but it has everything to do with his basically stance on the Nunes memo on the Russia Russia investigation because him coming out against the Nunes memo basically shows that he had knowledge that the Russia 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 um, hoax was actually a hoax that the seal dossier was actually a hoax that it wasn't real this is why he came right. out and said that we cannot release the Nunes memo so this is why cash is saying that this should be one of the first people subpoenaed because then what happens is let's say he comes in there he testifies in front of the court or in front of congress jim jordan right. and they show that he's complicit he's compromised and then, but you're now investigating Joe Biden's handling of classified material. How does this work? Now Merrick Garland is in a very rough spot. Now Congress can move to impeach Merrick Garland. Wow. Do you think Ray has been left in place so that he's there when all this goes down, so he controls the the dissent? Um, you know, I've heard that Ray is a sleeper, that he's really a good guy. I don't know. Um, every, from what I've seen with the actions of Ray, from the knowledge that Ray knows, I don't know. I, I really don't know. We'll have to see how that all unfolds. Right now, Ray is not uh, a good guy in my on my radar. Right. But uh, I think that 2023 should be the year of transparency, and that should scare everybody because the deep state, the cabal, they don't want transparency. 
and they will do everything in their power to stop that from actually happening. Right. Well, and see, that's it. Just kind of, you know, there's so many moving pieces to this, right? So we're seeing all the layers, right? All the breakdowns. So we're talking about currency. We're talking about, you know, Trump. We're talking about Biden. We're talking about uh, Hunter Biden Jr. Uh, you know, all these different things. It, it it seems it's so complicated. At the same time, really, you can't talk about Biden in any way without talking about the Russia Gate, Hillary, Uranium One. I mean, Ukraine. Look at this. I mean, it's everything touches everything. Haiti. Uh, the the Clinton Foundation, and yet Trump seems to be always just a step ahead. And I'm I'm going to put this out there. And I don't. I mean, I, how else can he just keep coming out on top unless he's a time traveler? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, seriously, he has. He really has. I mean, even going through the entire process of impeachment, how much did he teach everybody about impeachment? How much did he teach everybody about the skiff and you know you know the what how the government works on listening in on calls? How about FISA warrants? All these educations of every single part of our life being touched by the federal government and their interference in our daily lives. And he has led us to the well every single time, but came out okay. Just like his taxes, he fought for how many years? Six years with his taxes, and they finally came out and like yeah, one year I just didn't pay taxes at all. I mean, holy crap! Like what is like. You know, but he just keeps coming out just ahead, and I mean it's it's brilliance. But at the same time, there's got to be a certain amount of luck or something's there. Do you, do you see why I have to question whether he's not a time traveler? There's it's too much. I feel you, man. I feel you. And and you know what? There's there's rumor and speculation mm-hmm. that there's something much much more going on. Baron Trump, Donald Trump. It's, it's actually a point we should talk about because I, I think there's a lot of interesting evidence on that. And this yeah. goes back to what was the author's name of the uh, the Adventures of Little Baron Trump? Oh, I can't remember. Lockwood. Um, Lockwood. Right. Right. So the authors yeah. from in the late 19th century, early 20th century, there was um, a, an author out there. Um, his name was Lockwood, I believe. Yeah, I'm putting him in, too. We're both racing. Ingersoll Ingersoll Lockwood. That's it. Ingersoll Lockwood. Ingersoll ran. I would think of the compressors. two different books. One is The the Adventures of Little Baron Trump. Yes, and it's spelled the same way, Baron and Trump. And then the other Mm -hmm. one is The Last President. Yep. And The Last President is about a wealthy billionaire who lives on Fifth Ave in New York City that runs for president and becomes the last president. Now, hmm. you know, having two books, first book being obviously The Adventures of Baron Trump, which Donald Trump's son's name is Baron Trump. And then, and he's and like by the way, Baron six, Trump nine. is like, Yeah, Baron Trump in the book is a time traveler. Yeah. And yeah. then the book called The Last President, which basically, if you read, if you go through the summarization of the book, you find out that. It is all the key points of what happened in Donald Trump's presidency. Congress went after him. They tried to impeach him and remove him from office. They 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 stole the power away from him, all this stuff. It's all in there. So right. you, you got to wonder is, you know, when Fred Trump's family came over and they changed their name from 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 Trump to Trump, did his, did his uh, great-grandfather happen to read Ingersoll Lockwood's book and go, I'm just going to use that name Trump. Way easier. <laughs> right. You don't know. It, it, it's a possibility. Yeah, yeah. Because they, no, they it. did. It went from Trump to Trump. And so right. they did change the name. And it could have been Ingersoll Lockwood's book that gave him the inspiration to change his name to Trump. 
And then Trump knows about the book. So he's going to say, I'm going to name my son Barron. And then I'm going to run for president. I'm already a billionaire on Fifth Ave, right? And like it's self-fulfilling prophecy, possibly. Right. Well, yeah, you can manifest what you want, right? So maybe his grandfather was manifesting this for his family into the future. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, the last president travels and adventures of little Baron Trump, Baron Trump's marvelous underground journey. Mm. It's a head scratcher. It is. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. We'll be back with you next Monday with more Dark Delight Show. Hope you have a great day. Thank you.